Hello and welcome back to the Gucci podcast for the debut of this special two-part series which celebrates the Gucci Osteria da Massimo Bottura in Florence and Los Angeles. Friends since school and co-visionaries behind the restaurants, President and CEO of Gucci, Marco Bizzari, is in conversation with Massimo Bottura, world-class three Michelin star chef. Structured like a restaurant dining experience, Stephanie Apiro leads the conversation through each stage of the meal, covering how the Gucci Osteria da Massimo Bottura was born in Florence, the story of the second restaurant located on the rooftop of the new Gucci Beverly Hills store on Rodeo Drive, all the way back to their first memories of sharing food together. I'm Marco Bizzarri, uh, the CEO of Gucci, and I am with Massimo Bottura. It's very difficult to not laughing when I talk about Massimo. That is a Michelin star chef, three stars actually, and my friend from a long, long time. We are in Los Angeles because Massimo has opened uh, with Gucci, the second Gucci Osteria in the world, um, Gucci Osteria by Massimo Bottura, that is going to be on the top of our shops in Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills. Great. Well, welcome both of you. So we're going to do this podcast a bit like a dinner at a restaurant with the different courses. So we're going to start with the antipasto. We're going to go back to the table where you both met the desk in September 1975. So, Marco, what did you guys used to eat together on your school breaks? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's that's a good question. We had a sandwich Sandwich with with an artichoke. Artichokes and, uh, and, and mortadella. Yeah, <laughs> and mortadella. There was this kind of uh, mensa called mensa, the refectory for the students. And we were, I mean, used to sneak away from the lessons and going together to have some food. Amazing food, actually. It was good. for us. It was amazing at that time. And we were playing cards. And oh, who was winning <laughs> was getting the the snack for free. Yeah. So that sandwich for free. Tuna and artichokes, Tuna, exactly. mortadella and salami and yeah. prosciutto and whatever. Very healthy. Like very, very healthy. But at the end, at the end, we were talking about. Uh, so, what are you gonna do? You going back uh, home and eat, or you gonna come stay with me? So he was calling my mom because uh, you know he was kind of lazy. He didn't <laughs> want to get the, the the bus to go back home. And calling my mom, oh, Luisa. My, uh, Luisa was my mom. Uh, I'm going to stay <laughs> for lunch. So that's, it's, it's something that you cannot describe, you know, that those, kind, those moments. It was uh, very, very natural because, I mean, I, I was living a little bit far away from the school. My Massimo was living exactly in Modena. So, I mean, taking the bus every morning, six o'clock, six o'clock in the morning, going there, going to school, waiting for the bus, going back. It's not, it's not like today that you have everything. At that time, there was nothing either. You have one bus. If you lose that bus, you, you miss the school. So, and, so, and, and also knowing, knowing the, the, the mom of Massimo, the mom of Massimo, that she was doing some amazing everything, or tortellini, anything, pasta, everything. And she loved cooking. I mean, no, I mean in between deciding, taking the bus or going to, to, eat, to Massimo's house, I mean, the choice was quite easy. Usually Tuesday, because Tuesday we are yeah, also the, the hour afternoon. in the afternoon. Right. So usually Tuesday was like... So what, Marco, what's your favorite memory of Massimo when he was a kid? I mean, so many memories. Some of them I cannot talk now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, listen, there was um, 
you know, Massimo, he was curious about everything. And one of the things that um, always impressed me about Massimo is that at school he was super, super smart. He was so lazy in studying. It was like, it was the complete reverse in terms of character and personality because I was studying a lot. Um, my master was didn't study at all, but more or less we had the same grades. Um, no, 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 it's not true. But, yeah, he is the best of the of the of the class. <laughs> but anyway, so it's uh, and um, I remember he loved everything at the extreme. He had one of the best collection of vinyls that I ever seen in my entire life. He, he keeps on having that. And I saw that there is one in Casa Maria Luigia that is quite exceptional, exceptional my say. Yeah. Um, he had the, the fastest car that anybody had in Modena, at the Golf GT, the <laughs> Cabrio, with <laughs> this uh, with this uh, sound. I mean, it was coming with the Dubio Brothers, and you can you, you could you could have hear, um, hear Massimo coming from like two kilometers away, uh, eight o'clock in the morning, coming to the school, yeah, arriving in the school. It was that was Massimo. And how about yours of Marco? He always had the right answer and the right vision when he was, um, you know, we had to, you know, answer in math or geometry or uh, French or whatever. Uh, he always had the right answer. And we were like, all of the class, we were like looking at him when the teacher or the or the or the professor they were asking questions to the old uh, you know or the old class and we were looking at them <laughs> at him because he had to answer so he could he didn't ask us to answer the question <laughs> come on answer answer <laughs> you know he's like he, he he was very humble to say what he said before because it was the super the guy is always the right uh, answer in the moment but um, of course, for our different choices in life, we were taking different uh, a journey to arrive at where we are now. Uh, the the group of friends we had uh, during high school, like Roberto or Loretta or Marcia, some of them, they're still part of our life. And they're still, for me and him, part of our everyday life. You know, an encounter, friend, another. And uh, it's, it's this kind of friendship that stays forever. And, uh, you know, gives me goosebumps when I think about this kind of stuff because it's, it's so important and you cannot buy these things, you and know. The, the beauty about this kind of friendship is that I think it's common to everybody that is, um, knows what, what, I'm, what I'm talking about, is that you cannot, you can even not to talk to a person for a long time or not seeing a person for a long time, but the very first moment when you, you meet it, the person again, it looks like they, you were, you, he was with you for the last last, last few years. Yeah. It's, it's, it's supernatural, and that is something that is very difficult to build, something that uh, grows day by day, and it's something that's going to remain for, uh, forever, especially in that sp period of life, that is when we, when we are younger. I have to add something. The quickness of ideas that comes out from his mind. You know, I'm telling you a story because it's related to this, what's happened now in Los Angeles. I was here for a dinner that we were planning uh, with, uh, you know, with uh, Susan, with the Gucci America uh, in, uh, in Christie's. And I walk into this store, they were restoring, and there was like this terrace that now, is Osteria Gucci. 
but you know at that time there was nothing we just opened uh, in Piazza delle Signorie in Florence so I, co- I was like I don't know I had the vision to see what, what, who, the potential of this I called him immediately I said Marco there's a terrace here in Los Angeles is they're like building the VIP room yeah, we'll for the, the, we're almost finished the VIP room <laughs> the VIP room I said imagine this Piazza delle Signorie Florence uh, Rodeo Drive uh, Los Angeles Ginza Tokyo three unexpected places for Osteria Gucci you know 15 seconds, maybe less. He said, why not? That's the quickness of the answer. You know, the vision is like this. His mind is like already there. Even, even more, you know. You're already one step ahead to the other. So we're ready for the primo part of our podcast, I which in that, Italy... That was just uh, the appetizer. <laughs> which, is the, which is the pasta dish, usually, pasta risotto. <laughs> so, Marco, what are your first memories of these tortellini that you used wow. to eat in the kitchen of his... My, my memories about it is... Uh, is uh, It's all about, it's a feeling that is very difficult to describe because, I mean, you have, I remember this atmosphere of the house because it's, when, when you think about the tortellini in the Massimo house at that time, I mean, you don't, I don't even think about the tortellini itself. I see, I, I feel the atmosphere of the, of, the, of the house, of the family, of the, the community, of the, of the mother, that she was bringing everybody together with the door open for everybody. I mean, she was welcoming everybody. It was never no. She was really enjoying having people around, kitchen, cooking for people and smiling always and working like crazy, super workaholic. Uh, in the kitchen, but always smiling, always protecting everybody and being very, very happy with people around. And then, of course, in this kind of atmosphere, having, I mean, seeing, the, 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 I mean, the, the Mamma Massimo doing the tortellini, then tasting the tortellini, the flavor of the tortellini were even, were, was completely enhanced because I mean, every food that you have changed for me as well according to the people that you're eating with, the, the kind of atmosphere, the kind of you know, uh, emotion that you have is a combination of things because, I mean, eating is not just the, 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 the need because you need to, be, to, to, to live. That, of course, is, is, is a big part. But as well, it's, it's the part of, of being together, of sharing things. And, and this, this thing to me is the, the best memory ever because it's, you've, you've, I felt welcome. And then it's, it's like when Massimo say that, of course, can tell much better than me, in anything that he's doing, uh, in the restaurants that he has, in the refectory, etc., the first, the very first uh, impression that you have when you enter in one of, of the restaurants of Massimo can be three star, can be La Franceschetta, can be Gucciosteria, everything. The first impression that you have is the welcoming of the people because they knowing the philosophy of Massimo the energy of Massimo that is remembering what is what was doing his mother is the way in which he says 
buongiorno, the welcome, is the way you feel welcome. And immediately, the kind of uh, spirit in which you face new things is very different. Because then you open to, to taste different things because you feel open yourself. Otherwise, otherwise the people, the mentality, they, you get close. And that's very small details that works only if you feel them. Because you cannot teach this kind of things to people that don't feel them. That's so good. It, it's like, in the meantime, he was speaking. I got so emotional because I felt exactly what he was talking about. That is like... It's for us. It's like growing up uh, in a big family with big, always at the house, full of friends. Uh, you know, I was with. I had like five brothers and one sister, and the house was always full of friends. And this kind of atmosphere really made the difference. And one thing that I said even today is, my grandmother was cooking because she had to cook. My mom was cooking because she loved to cook, is what makes a difference in life. You know, a decision is the secret of success is that. You know, I, uh, I wake up in the morning, going to bed in the night, and in the meantime, I do what I've chosen to do, like Bob Dylan. Say, always say that. That's the secret of success. And what, what, what is the tortellini is like... The story of the tortellini that are going to be in Los Angeles is the most amazing story you can ever imagine. The guy who's uh, responsible for the handmade pasta, tortellini, is a, a guy half Italian, half Iranian. Uh, he was born in Tehran, moved uh, to Brooklyn. He, uh, he worked in a handmade uh, pasta shop. His dream was to work in Osteria Francescana. He sent a CV in Modena. Yeah. Enrico was looking at the CV and he said, are you in New York based? And uh, he answered, yes. So we're going to open Los Angeles. You want to go? He moved in one second from Brooklyn to L.A. And now he's making the most amazing tortellini and that we're going to serve in uh, Gucci Osteria in L.A. That's the story. That's what really the people we want. That's the people that they're always going to smile at you and they're going to say, buongiorno. That means buongiorno. You know, talking with uh, Pope Francis two weeks ago is the first thing I said to him. You know why I did the project of the refettorio? Because... When I saw you the first time, talking with everybody, said, Buonasera a tutti. Buonasera. Good evening to everybody. Two words so full of meaning. And you feel immediately if you're real or you're fake. And if you're real, you get open. You know? So... Let's talk about music. Massimo, it's so important for you. Your relationship with music has always been with you since you were in your car with the Doobie Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> If the Gucci Osteria menu was a playlist, what would be the essential tracks on it? Oh, oh come on. This is too difficult. Is an answer, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know. You know, 
for for example, uh, you know the, the 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 dessert I was mentioning before would be on the sunny side of the street by I don't know uh, Van Morrison, for example, uh, could be. You know, the tortellini is like uh, <laughs> is a uh, could be carosone and uh, tubo fal americano by carosone. Uh, you know, all these kind of uh, music that pass through all uh, these different uh, part of my life. Uh, as we, we, when we were like sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. I was very into rock and roll because my brother was very into rock and roll and folk and really deep south, very close to blues, you know. And to me, it was like, wow. But, you know, in Guccio in Florence, we did this kind of crazy <laughs> soundtrack that is like really, really classic sound, almost like church sound, with the twist of Bob Dylan, the most unexpected Bob Dylan songs. So to me, it's like the most amazing. When you're there and you have a twist of Bob Dylan after, uh, you know, Pachabel or Mozart, is like so cool. Because good music is like good food. Doesn't matter. If it's traditional, if it's contemporary, if it's fried or Asian or Italian, it's good or bad. That's it. Okay, we're ready for the secondo, the main course of the podcast. Okay, Marco, it's a big question. How did you become what you are today? What is the secret ingredient? Um, We talked about all this feeling of love. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, the secret ingredient, I think that... I think I've been... um, I think I studied a lot in the sense that, of, of course, I, I think I have some, you know, uh, potential, some characteristic. But if, if I need to want one to one hundred, I mean, the the, the part of of my success uh, allocated to uh, to the fact that I work very hard is ninety percent. I think I have ten percent of talent, and the rest has been working very, very hard. And and I mean and and, and, the, thing, and the other thing I, I really I believe that is is being um, uh, trusting people and believing in people and and uh, supporting people because knowing that I cannot know everything is impossible and if you as soon as you realize that the possibility of leveraging in, with other people so I, even in an opportunistic way even if you don't believe in people but it's not my case but in any case. I mean, you, you need to realize that your brain cannot be as, I mean, as, as powerful as the sum of the other brain that you're working with. So if you're able to do so, and you try to, not just to understand, but also to believe in other people's ideas and to feel that these people have a vision that maybe you don't have or the characteristic or sensibility that you don't have, and you support them, even betting in certain cases, because, I mean, if you, have, if you want to have great results in life, you need to bet. And you need to risk, and so and maybe you, you can you can fail. Uh, that is is part of the game. Otherwise, you you want to you, you're gonna be something much more boring. And I think the reason why 
um, we, as Massimo was saying before, our journey at a certain point they they went through different different paths, and then we 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 got along together again. Because Massimo is a, is a creative spirit that is is is, is enormous, is huge, con- with characteristic on that side completely different from mine. Alessandro, the creative director of Gucci, Alessandro Michele, I mean, is, he has a creative creative sensibility that I, I don't have. But the two of them, both of them, they have this. Uh, how can I say this? Uh, um, they're so real. You feel that they are so, they love so much what they do, what they talk about, their passion is so natural, so fostered. Then when they speak to you about their ideas, sometimes you understand that, sometimes they understand a little bit less, sometimes you don't really understand. But then there's the trust of the person that to me matters the most. And then, you know, you bet on it. And, um, and you know, so when the people bring to you new ideas, it's never a matter of asking for a kind of a business plan or figures, etc. Because it's, it's going to be fake. It's going to be something that is a waste of time. If you believe in an idea, you believe in an idea. Then, of course, because it's something that you has so, never been experienced before, you can risk to make a mistake. But if you, the idea is going to be good, then you're going to have a super success. And that, I think, it, it happened to, to me, thanks to Alessandro's talent. I think Massimo in his career and life, because, I mean, everybody now is, is, is talking about Massimo, Tristar Michelin, etc. But the way which he arrived there, he, listen, I, all the time that I call Massimo, I'm in Peru, I'm in Paraguay, I'm, he's traveling, he's working like crazy, he's work colleague. And it's the, of course, the passion is there. You cannot do this job without passion. But the, I think the talent, of course, is there. But if without the you know the kind of engagement that he put in his career, it w- in no way it could have been achieved what he achieved. But he said one thing that to me is like the base of everything, and you have to repeat it and you have to repeat it and repeat it and repeat it again and again and again to everybody who was like young and passionate. Success, it's all about hard work, every day, every day, every day, hard work. 10% of talent, he said, you know, like Picasso, was always say that. 10% of talent and artwork. The artwork makes express your talent. But if you're not in that kind of mind, you know, trust what, what he said, because it's, it's exactly the secret of success. This amazing friendship you both have and this creative partnership that you now have, You've both said it's the start of a beautiful journey. So where is it going to go next? What do we have in store? No, with him, you know, <laughs> everywhere. Because he's like, he's, he's, I just wait for a phone call sometimes <laughs> because, he, you know, every time he's challenging with new ideas. So I don't know. In our future, they're going to be always future because we are born like this. We are born with future in our mind. So what we are doing now is already done. You know, what we're going to have in mind is going to be the next. You know, I know where, where we're going next, but uh, I cannot tell you. It's a secret. So time for Dolce, for dessert. 
Uh, Massimo, what is Gucci Osteria da Massimo Bottura in Beverly Hills bringing to the food scene in LA? What sets it apart? Uh, first of all, as I said uh, to every journalist that was asking the question, this is a project that is not a standard. This is not a format. This is the expression of the mind of the most amazing young chef that I met during uh, my journey. So in Florence, we have Karime, and we have uh, Marco Festa, and we have uh, their own, they, they bring the food, the, like if you want to give a title of the tasting menu, could be come to the world with me. Because one is from Mexico, the other is from China, the other is from uh, Venezuela, uh, the other American, and they are all together there in Florence. Bringing, using a local product and, and uh, expressing their own uh, personality and, ta and taking you to a journey around the world. In Los Angeles, is Los Angeles. We have to pay respect for the Santa Monica Farmer's Market and uh, the amazing, um, you know, farmers, fishermen, cheesemakers, uh, forager that we have in Los Angeles. So it's going to be come to Italy with me because there are few touches of Italian uh, uh, product extremely important. Like, for example, two that we grew up with. Parmigiano-Reggiano cheese and balsamic vinegar. But, like, in a very Italian, ironic way to express. So, it's completely different from uh, what we do with the same uh, spirit and the same quality of uh, the cooking that we're going to do. Okay, and... How do you feel about the Austria winning a Michelin star? Like, how different is it? No, I'm, I'm going to leave Marco answer that. <laughs> because, you know, after, after the, 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 the fashion show in Milan, in Milan that I met with uh, Monsieur Pinot, he looked at me and the first thing he said, hugged me and he said, we got the Michelin star. I can't believe that. I said, yeah, I can't believe too. Because he's like, if you think about Italy and, you know, in 18 months, win the, the Michelin star is something big. But, you know, he has to tell you something very special because he was protecting the whole team of uh, Osteria Gucci against everyone. No, the, 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 uh, the fact that we, were, uh, we are absolutely so proud about the fact that they got the Michelin star is it's not because of the Michelin star in itself. It's that because it's a kind of recognition of the hard work that has been done, has been created from scratch, from zero. The beauty about this dream is that when at a certain point I, I, I wanted to, to create something different in, in Florence because we had this uh, kind of a museum with a shop in Florence, Piazza della Signoria, close to Palazzo Vecchio, an amazing square, beautiful uh, location. And we were losing uh, tons of money, tons of money in that location when I joined Gucci five years ago. And the, the perception and the image was very old, um, dusty, etc. So at a certain point I said, I arrived, I, I had so many things to do, I needed to, you know, to, to bring Gucci at a certain speed and level. I said, I'm going to close it. Why I should be bothered about just a single shot that doesn't represent us anymore? We need to spend a lot of money to change it. 
then then I was thinking about it, say, okay, yes, but it's, in, it's Florence where the company was born. I don't know if it's the right move, etc. but we need to change it. So discussing with Alessandro, Alessandro said, no, we can do a different way of thinking about the museum, a more retrospective, with touches with the new artists, etc. We change the shop, we create a bigger shop where we sell just exclusive products, etc. But then we had this restaurant. There was a restaurant already that was, I mean, super, say that super normal, I don't know if that is a good thing or a bad thing, but anyway, I didn't like it at all. And it was nothing, nothing exceptional, nothing characteristic, nothing that the reason why I go to Florida to, to go to eat there. So we're thinking, well, maybe thinking about Massimo, thinking about Massimo, but for, we are not, I mean, of course, we are not in the food industry. We are still not in the food industry. And I say, so how can I talk to Alessandro and convince Alessandro to do the restaurant? Because, I mean, of course, I mean, there's, you know, the different creative people put it together. I mean, I know the guys. So I, 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 I organized a blind date. For lunch, I invited both Massimo and Alessandro without telling them that they were going to meet each other. So I, I set this uh, table for lunch in, uh, uh, in uh, Milan. And, uh, and of course, happened what I was expecting. So they are so amazing, creative talent. They started talking about, I mean, I many think the actors or paintings and art, etc. <laughs> so I said to myself, but what do you think about uh, doing a restaurant in Plaza Signoria? Oh yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. So it was already done. So I was, I, 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 I was just there and listening, hmm, good idea. Well, we do, let's go. And there we decided to go on. And, and of course, as I said, that to me was, it's always, I mean, working with creative talents is always an experience and everybody's different and, and that's the reason why you need to super be super flexible in, with your mind open-minded because I mean everybody is, is working in their process mental process in a different way and, and, and that I learned during the years of course because I, I've been working with many different creative directors and everybody's different everybody's super talented But because we are not in the food industry, we're a company of like 20,000 people. We have certain procedures to be respected, etc. So we create this small restaurant with 45 seats with a, this young chef, Karime, coming from Mexico. Because she felt protected, she was expressing even more the capabilities, like everybody in the creative world. Because the more they feel protective, they're not threatened in an angle. They can express themselves because they, they, they feel comfortable. And that's the reason why we were able to, to, to become more and more, I mean, a, a better restaurant. Of course, always supervising with Massimo throughout the day, helping Karim, etc. But giving her the possibility to, to feel protected. And, uh, and uh, especially for a young woman, talented, sens sensible, etc., that is absolutely key. She was the only woman chef awarded the Michelin star. No, the first female, Mexican female chef who got the Michelin star, yeah. you know, like, that's big. It's, that's yeah, a, big, yeah. a, a big message. In Italy. In Italy, <laughs> in Italy, Italy. not in Mexico, in Italy. Exactly. So, it's like, because you have to also think about that. You know what he said to Karime? He went to Karime, he said, this is my private mobile phone, so everything you need, if you don't get it, call me directly if you have any problem. So, Karime felt so protected because she had Marco's mobile phone. So everything that happened bad, you know, it, it, she could immediately not express to me and me call Marco, whatever, but go directly to him. So everything changed. Everything changed to that moment. 
So the reaction, the quick re the reaction, uh, really make us feel much more comfortable, confident in ourselves and what we were doing. You know, and I have to say, uh, Irina and uh, Damiano, the two metro uh, that they are yeah. managing the room, they made the difference. Yeah. No, they really made the difference. Okay, like one last question. Marco, what does Alessandro Michele's creative vision bring to Gucci Osteria de Massimo Bottura? To me, the most important thing that brought to this kind of project, like in many other things, is the openness that he has for any idea that Massimo is bringing on his table. That to me is the most important thing because when you go to someone and the first answer is not no, that is, is typically the answer of anything new that you present to people in general, but is maybe, let's see, or yes. I mean, the, the next time you can be even more, more risky go there with an idea is even more crazy because you, f you, you, you feel m more comfortable in proposing something that maybe is too risky. The person in front of you makes a difference, makes a huge difference. But you know, like uh, to me, I would never have done something like this because I'm very protective of what we are built and the name and our name worldwide. But we start in Bottega creating incredible events with no limits to creativity. You know, we were creating this idea of putting together leather, pasta as leather, crossing around and make tiramisu compressing a raviolo. That looks like Bottega bag. Then move to Gucci. The first thing Marco proposed is like, why don't we start going around the world and put together dinner and join with the most amazing, talented, visionary mind idea. We were traveling all over the world, all over the world. But once in Hong Kong, mm. we create, to me, the best event we ever create, that I ever create in my mind, in my life. You know, we rebuilt this 1950 boat with all this dragon that was almost abandoned in the middle of the Hong Kong Bay in the most amazing, beautiful things, just changing thousands of thousands of light bulbs, green for the stair, red for the room, yellow for the terrace, with the boat that was taking you to this uh, place in the middle of the bay with this dragon that was spitting uh, water from there. It was like mind-blowing. Yeah. Once you do that kind of stuff and that kind of project, you leave uh, all the wall tearing apart. You break the wall and you say, okay, welcome. Tell me what next. And you're open to do something new. So we did it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Gucci Podcast, featuring Michelin star chef Massimo Bottura and president and CEO of Gucci, Marco Bizzari, telling the story behind the new Gucci Osteria restaurant in LA. Learn more in the episode notes.